I'm Kim Grinolds of Dogman.com, and I am here with... Machado from Beaver Bletch, you can kill me later, Angie. <laughs> uh, I've never heard that one before. <laughs> I bet you haven't. Good, good name. Good thing you're not named Beth, otherwise I would have had to play that awful Kiss song. <laughs> I don't know that one. <laughs> yeah, worst thing Kiss ever did, Beth. Yeah, there you go. It was a love song. Um, <laughs> Angie, Oregon State, three and one. All is good in Corvallis. Jonathan Smith for mayor. Uh, just you know, I don't know if you knew this, but Jay Kaner, you know, he actually got a week named after him down in Fresno. Jay Kaner week. Jonathan wow. S- Jonathan Smith on track to have a day or a week or a contract extension uh, coming his way. Yeah, I mean, I Jonathan Smith though, you know, he actually has such a legacy in Corvallis. He's got a ways to go to to match that Fiesta Bowl year. And, and, and what he accomplished there, but no, it's, it's good right now in Corvallis. Um, you know, the fan base is excited. Um, I, I can always gauge how the Beavers are doing by how many radio requests I get. So my week has been pretty busy this week. So the Beavers must be onto something. Not only Jonathan Smith, but I, I think you've got one of the really underrated offensive coordinators in the country and Brian Lindgren. Um, he's, you know, held numerous records in the state of Washington for passing. And he was at Colorado. I think he's just a really good fit there. Seems to love it there, too. But tell us a little bit about that offensive coordinator and Brian Lindgren. Yeah, I, when you look at Brian Lindgren and you know his relationship with Coach Smith, it's, it's, it's fun to watch because they're, you know, similar age. They, they really collaborate really well together. But Brian is, you know, he's one of my favorite interviews, too, of the coaching staff. He's, he's really honest. He doesn't give us too much coach speak. And um, he's really done a good job, um, as the whole offensive side of the ball has, in, in utilizing their talent, um, coming up with ways. I mean, Oregon State, we knew going into this season, had a really strong tight end and wide receiver group. And they've really done a lot to highlight and showcase that. You know, against US, USC this weekend, we saw the return of the fly sweep, just another kind of wrinkle in that offense um but you know this is i keep saying it's a multi-dimensional offense it it really is and it's it's you know there's the running attack there's the tight ends there's the receivers and then you add chance nolan who is able to pick up yards you know with his feet so um it, it all starts though up front with that offensive line and this offensive line coached by jim maholicek which another coach if you want to talk about coaches on the staff i'd say he's one of the top offensive line coaches in the country been around before i mean he's one of his starting, his start uh, was with Dennis Erickson at Oregon State as running back coach back in that 2000, you know, that 99 through 2002, 2003, or whenever Dennis left for, for the Niners. But um, just a really strong multidimensional offense led by, by Lindgren, who's, you know, making the most of, of his weapons he has at hand. When you take a look at this offense, you know, Jonathan Smith was the offensive coordinator at Boise State, offensive coordinator at Washington, Brian Lindgren, of course, we talked about. But would you say this is more Brian Lindgren's offense, Jonathan Smith's offense, or they kind of collaborate on it? I think it's a collaboration, but I would say it's more Lindgren. I I think Jonathan gives him, uh, you know, a lot of leeway. I think it's it's I think Brian Lindgren appreciates having Coach Smith, though, there to bounce things off of. And and uh, but this is a, a Brian Lindgren offense. Tell me about this offense that you're running. You're running, of course, the multidimensional. You said you added the uh, fly sweep. Tell us a little bit about the quarterback. Yeah, the quarterback, Chance Nolan, who did not get the start uh, against Purdue in game in week one. It, it's interesting because, you know, Chance Nolan came in for Tristan Jebbia last season, finished the year. 
he he is mobile. He's a he's a dual threat guy. During fall camp, though, I I actually thought no, he doesn't have the strongest arm. He really didn't. He he wasn't in the top two, in my opinion, watching the early part of fall camp. But he came on toward the end. Uh, Sam Neuer, transfer from Colorado, got the start at Purdue. It was abysmal. Uh, Chance Nolan came in, you know, late in the second or midway through the second half and had himself kind of a game and and brought the Beavers back and it, within striking distance. And now he's been the, the go-to ever since. And you know, I think he's number one in yards, number two in accuracy right now in the Pac-12. Um, I'm not exactly positive on those numbers, but um, he's throwing up some big numbers. He, he's able to move. And what I've seen from him is he's, you know, last season we saw him, if his first read wasn't open, he'd just tuck and run. And we're seeing him now actually go through his progressions before he decides to take off and run. And um, the offense has really slowed down for him and uh, he's making some good decisions. And it looks like you've got the running backs to carry the offense as well. Yeah. You know, off, or, you know, Jamar Jefferson declared last year and he was the workhorse for Oregon state. It was really kind of up in the air. I thought we'd see kind of a running back by committee. We had DJ Baylor who has been with the program for three years and seen him, you know, add some yards, but nothing spectacular. They brought in Deshaun Fenwick, a transfer from South Carolina. I, I really liked what he did. He's a, a bigger back, kind of that bruising back, but um, they are, they're using Trey Lowe, former Husky Trey Lowe is, is in the mix, but uh, BJ has, has kind of taken the reins and is that uh, every down back. And then you throw in a little Trey Lowe, you throw in some Deshaun Fenwick, but um, the running game is, is just there as well. And you mentioned also, you've got the wide receiver weapons and the tight end weapons there for uh, the quarterback to throw to. So that just really opens things up. And you've got a lot of experience in returning guys, you know, at your wide receiver spots. Yeah, you know, Tyjon Lindsay has been with the program now for a couple of years. He transferred in from Nebraska, former four star out of uh, Bishop Borman. That, you know, I kept waiting for him to have a breakout moment. And this year he's finally done it. And, and for those um, who don't remember him, he's Tate Martell's running mate back in high yes, school back yes. in the day. Yes, Tate Martell. That was, it was Tate Mar- Tate uh, and uh, Tyjon. Uh, yeah. And uh, he has really come on in his own. Uh, you know, there's six-year Trevon Bradford. Husky fans probably remember him. He's in the mix. And then we've also seen the emergence of Treshawn Harrison, another, you know, Seattle pros- uh, product by way of Florida state out of Garfield. Himself, yeah. Yeah. Had himself a, a big game too against USC. So, you know, you have those guys, then you have um, Luke Musgrave, Tegan Quatoriano at tight end. Um, it's, it's just Zariah Beeson, a younger wide receiver. I mean, they have so many weapons right now. Um, you can't just pick one and then uh, guard him. You know, Trey Lowe was here at Washington. I know that there were some high expectations for him. Didn't work out. How are they, how's Jonathan and Brian using Trey Lowe on the offense down at Oregon? Morgan State? Yeah. You know, he's, he's a, he's a running back, but we also see him, you know, flexed out for the screen pass. He's actually a really good blocker, right? He had a huge block um, last week against USC gave uh, chance Nolan just a, a little bit more time. Um, we'll see him in the fly sweep a little bit, but um yeah, he's just multi. He's another. He's just he's got a lot of a skill set that Oregon State really likes, and um, he's been healthy. He he started out camp on the sideline, but he has been healthy this season, and you know he's one that can you know carry the ball or like I said, flex him out and uh, drop dump off a screen pass. So versatile guy. You mentioned Jim Mahalchek, and that's a guy that Steve Sarkeesian tried to hire. Well, actually did hire when he first got at Washington, and then 
not exactly sure what happened. It didn't work out. And, uh, you know, Mahalchik did not come up to Washington, but he's got a great reputation. And when you take a look at the offensive line at Oregon State, there's not a lot of names on there, but they sure seem to get the job done. Yeah, it's, it's a veteran group. This is a group that it's in its second full year of starting. And um, yeah, he's he, like I said, just watching what he's done, like you said, this isn't a group of, you know, five star talent, but he's got them um, in positions to make plays. I mean, if you if you didn't see the Oregon State line versus the USCD line, um, it was something to behold. I, I really haven't seen an Oregon State line dominate a team that much since that 2000 season. So um, USC had no answer. Oregon State ran the ball at will against the Trojans, and uh, it, it just starts up front. So, yeah, Holacek has a, has a history. Like I said, he started off as the running back coach with Dennis Erickson at Oregon State, followed him down to the 49ers and kind of followed him around with Cal for a while, but a great fit in Corvallis and with what Oregon State's trying to do. I can't just gloss over what you said because I don't think this has ever been said. Oregon State ran the ball at will over USC. Yeah, That just doesn't, no, ha- I mean, that just doesn't happen. Yeah, it doesn't. And, you know, this was a team. I mean, you look top to bottom. I, I think the numbers were 56 former four-star or five-stars at USC to Oregon State seven. Um, I mean, you, you guys, you know, I mean, USC has all the talent in the world. They get really whoever they want. They might be down now, but they just haven't done a great job developing that talent. And Oregon State was able to push them around. Uh, we have a, a feature on Beaver Blitz that a former offensive lineman writes for us called Trench Report. And he actually goes through and grades every play, grabs all grades all the alignment and his kind of um, his grading system, if you will. But the closer to zero you are, the better you are. And Oregon State graded out to a 1.83. Best I've seen um, Oregon State grade out as an offensive line um, in all the years that Peter's been doing this. So it was a stellar performance. What Oregon State did against USC is what Washington hopes to do against Oregon State this coming week. Six o'clock kickoff broadcast on the um, – Pac-12 network. So we'll, when we return, we'll talk to Angie about that defensive line, the linebackers, and just what's going on on the defense for Oregon State when we return. I'm Kim Grenolds along with uh, Angie Machado on Dogman Radio. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're back. I'm Kim Grenolds of Dogman.com with Angie Machado from Beaver Blitz. You can always check out what's going on with Oregon State football at Beaver Blitz on the 24-7 Scout 24-7 Sports Network. I, I do you still do that? Still say Scout once in a while? You know what? I wasn't with Scout that long because I when I came on, um, I think we were at Scout for like, yeah. I mean, it I came on September 1, the whole bankruptcy thing happened and then we were bought so like i was with scout for all of about like four months nothing like nothing like signing a contract and the company filing bankruptcy jen i know really (laughs) i it was a little bit of a panic moment but um it's all worked out and i'm so happy to be at 24 7 and and the team here it always works out you guys do a good job down there so check out beaver blitz and uh and you talked to me a little bit you know oregon state's always had some pretty good defensive linemen and it looks like this year that's you know not any different yeah, you know, Oregon, that was my big question mark with this season was the D-line. And um, it's it's 
especially, you know, fall camp, one of Oregon State's most veteran D linemen, Isaac Hodgins, went down with a foot injury. So we have not seen him yet this season. Um, but the D line is getting it done. And um, it's, it's been kind of a piecemeal. They brought in Thomas Seo from the O line, switched him over to D tackle. Um, they have a former walk on and Cody Anderson as well. So, um, you know, this is the area that Oregon State really struggled in the past several seasons. In fact, I would say Tim Tibisar was on a big hot seat. Uh, coming into the season just because Oregon State's defense has struggled so much but um, this season they're they're finding a way the defensive line I wouldn't call them world beaters I wouldn't compare them to you know like the 2000 year like we did the offensive line but um, you know they're really this defense is led by the linebacker crew but the D-line is doing enough to uh, make it possible for that secondary and linebackers to do their job. Fourth and inches, you know what's coming. How comfortable are you with the defensive line stopping that fourth and inches? You know, I wouldn't bet the farm on it, but, um, you know, it's what we saw against USC, they did better. But um, third down defense is still, still can be a, a question mark, and that might be Oregon State's biggest Achilles heel. Fourth and long, and somehow they're able to get it. Um, but they have gotten better. I mean, this is a defense that was ranked, you know, in the hundreds the past couple of years. So um, for them to be improving – at the pace they are this season. Um, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put money on them stopping a, a third or fourth in inches, but um, it's, it's probably a 50, 50 right now. And the linebackers obviously are the strength of that defense. You've got some dudes. Yeah. We, there are some major dudes led, led by Avery Roberts and Omar Spates at middle linebacker. Those two, gosh, it seems like they've been there for years, but um, what are we on year two, three with them? Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, I, I really liked, and this is where, you know, Tim Tibisar will get a lot of, um, he's, he's kind of the, the tip of the spear for Oregon State's uh, state fans' anger and frustration from time to time. But against USC, his game plan was really to keep those guys back. He held them back in the middle of the field and really took away that from, from USC. And then by the end of the game, he was rushing it. So um, I, I liked his creativity there. I, I liked what it did because it took away the middle of the field for USC and uh, force them to go to the sidelines, which it, it worked out for Oregon State. But those two, Avery Roberts, Omar Spates, they are great in run support. They are, you know, they just anchor that defense. You know, with we talked about third and inches, third and one, fourth and one. Uh, how about third and 12? How comfortable are you with the secondary for uh, uh, Oregon State stopping third and 12? You know, they, they're getting better. And, and that group is led by Rajon Wright, who is the, the younger brother of Nashon Wright, who played at Oregon State. Rajon, you're, if, you're, if your fans watched Last Chance View when they were down at Laney College, that was uh, Rajon was one of the, the guys they followed. So he is, he's got some swagger to him. Um, reminds me a little bit of some of the old-time Oregon State you know, swagger defense. But um, you know, he's really kind of come on this year. He's, he's shown a lot. Um, Jaden Grant is another one, the nickelback. Um, is, is good in coverage. So um, uh, Alex Austin got burned a ton this past weekend at USC, but he was also covering Drake London. So, um, you know, there's not many DBs that can really cover 6'5", Drake London, and, and do a great job without some pass interference calls. But um, yeah, Achille, or uh, Alex Austin got burned, but um, he did enough and he kept getting up and kept fighting. So um, that's, that's where it's at. With the win last week against USC, 
That's raising expectations. I mean, what's it like down there with the expectations right now? Is it a little over the top? Is it a little cautious? Is it a little wait and see? What's the mood of the fan base, you know, for the upcoming game? I think it's that cautiously optimistic. I mean, this is a team that, you know, Beaver fans were, were excited for, um, you know, going into the season with the, you know, the expectation that they could be a bowl team. And that's, I think what we're, where Oregon state fans are is they want to see a bowl team. Um, now after that USC win and then shutting out Idaho at home, I think this is a fan base now that looks at that schedule. And I too, I look at the schedule and uh, I, I don't see a team on this, on the, the rest of the schedule that Oregon state can't compete with. And uh, that hasn't been the case for a lot of years down in Corvallis. So there's some cautious optimism there. I, I think a lot of Beaver fans were a little surprised when Washington came out as four point um, favorites. By Vegas early this week. I think that's changed a little bit, but um, no, I, I think Oregon State fans are cautiously optimistic. If, if they can pull out a win against Huskies, look out because I think your uh, fans are going to be on the train. Sounds like it might be a little crazy down inside the stadium. Is this the first week with the students back in town? Yes, this will be the first week. They've, they've actually shown up pretty well the first couple of games, even when school was not in session, but um, this is the largest freshman class now at Oregon State in Oregon State history. So um, I, I think this is, you know, they're expecting a big turnout of students and uh, the students are, are ready. Freshmen are always good to have in the stands. Freshmen always seem to be the loudest and most enthusiastic. They're not uh, bitter and burned out yet, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, but also, you know, just haven't been down to research for a few years. Sounds like some improvements have been made to the stadium. Maybe update Husky fans a little bit about what's going on with facilities down at Oregon State. Yeah, actually nothing quite yet. But after this season, the, the press box side, which, you know, I mean, I don't know how long. Kim, you've been going down for quite a while. So you probably even remember before the raising research of 2005 when yep. the old student side was like a berm. So that um, the other side, the, the press box side will come down after this season. And there's a whole, um, they are finishing research, research. So that will be in the next year or two, um, a whole new press box and um, West side grandstand will be going up. Visitor locker rooms will be in that, in that phase. So visitors won't be dressing down in Guild. Um, in a couple years, there'll be rights um, under the stadium. So um, keep everything in-house. They'll be adding a, a visitor center that the new student orientation and tours will be originating from. And also adding a student, the student health center will be moving down to this new renovation. And for those who've never been to Reeser, you say they don't have to dress in Gill anymore. Let me kind of describe what happens. <laughs> <laughs> so imagine where the Huskies go up the tunnel in Husky Stadium. Well, at Reeser, you don't go up a tunnel. You go up a hill with, a ramp, fans, yep. with fans on either side. So it would be the equivalent of going out of the stadium up the hill and going into the graves building with fans on both sides. But you know, the, the, um, that happens also at Washington state, but the difference is the fans in Corvallis are a little bit better behaved, you know, and walking up <laughs> after walking up after the game, you hear a little bit of heckling, but uh, has there ever been any incidents post game of players going through the fans up the hill into that building? No, you know, there's been some, Ducks, you know, that the ducks will talk no, about. No, yeah, I know. no, no. <laughs> but, you know, honestly, I mean, you, you know, I mean, the ducks probably had it coming, honestly. I mean, <laughs> come on. But um, I, to be honest, I've seen some not so good duck behavior down at Autzen. So, um, no, it's, it, you know, I, I think 
they, the security does a pretty good job. They rope off that area. But yeah, I mean, there's going to be heckling. But I mean, that's what makes college sports fun. You don't have any heckling. I mean, what's the point? Uh, no, it's just, it's just kind of interesting. And, you know, Oregon State is just, I mean, it's, it's kind of a pain in the butt for a lot of people to get there because you can't really fly and driving takes a while. But uh, you always, we always get treated real well down there. The fan base is excited. And I always make the joke at about 7, 7.30, the smoke from the wood stoves always seems to come <laughs> in and offer above research. Well, it's, it's what's fun too. And I encourage Husky fans, if you haven't been to research in a while, make the trip because I think Beaver fans have done a really good job um, of welcoming visiting fan bases for their tailgates. And, um, it's always fun. I've, I've always, you know, any tailgate that I've been around or seen beaver fans are always welcoming and, um, you know, and same with Husky, you know, I love going up to Washington just because I've always been welcomed up there and, um, it's always a good time. So make the trip. I mean, if you want to fly, fly to Eugene, it's only like a 45 minute drive and I mean, Portland's not that far. So it's not yeah. that it's not that difficult, Kim. Come on. I know. Just... Pullman's way more difficult. <sighs> Luckily, we're not going there. Well, you know, the thing of it is, it, it just seems like every time we play Oregon State, whether it's in Corvallis or Seattle, it's bad weather. It just oh, always it's... seems it's bad weather. But it's it going to be look like it's going to be. Doesn't going to be like seventy-five. It looks like it's going to be nice, which is unusual. You know, to the point. So I have not, I've been in the press box now for years. That's just where I hang out, obviously. <laughs> I, I have a 16-year-old and a 13-year-old, and I've never watched a game with them, ever. Like, they've gone to some games, but they sit, you know, with friends. Or, and so this week, one of my 13-year-olds said, Mom, I want to go to the game, but I want to sit with you. I'm like, you know what? I've got a beat rider up there. I, so I am buying tickets, and I'm sitting in the stands with my family. First time. <laughs> Good for Ever. you. That's, that sounds fun. And by, by the way, first year in Husky Stadium, beer and wine available in the stands. Beer and wine available at Reese or yet? Yes. Oh, yeah. It's been available for a while. Really? Yeah. Not in the press <laughs> box, though, Kim. So this, <laughs> I mean, my tweets get so much more witty when I've had a glass of wine. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to remember that. See, so so with, with your 13-year-old, you're going to have a beer or? I don't probably not, but, All right. but you know, I, it, it'll be fun. I, yeah, even my 16 year old, he's going and I said, okay. So I, I talked to my beat writer. He's like, I can handle, I can hold down the forward up of the press box. You sit in the stands and yeah, it'll be kind of, it'll be weird, to, but it'll be fun to see, you know, Beaver Blitz members out in the stands. So look, if you're a Beaver fan, look for me in the stands. All right. And uh, just make sure and check out beaverblitz.com. Uh, Angie and staff does a great job down there. So again, looking forward to the game, six o'clock kickoff and I will be there. Fetters and uh, Scott will be holding down the fort back home and getting all the info out there. So again, six o'clock on the PAC 12 network, Angie, look forward to seeing you. I, I, I'll see you somehow, somewhere. Exactly. I'll see you somewhere. All right. Yeah. We'll have to again. stop by a tailgate and, and meet up. I'll, I'll send you a text and uh, I'll get directions. Sounds All right. good. All right. Thanks, Angie.